Brought to you by Frosty the Snowman. Positive feedback loop. Welcome to Positive Feedback Loop, the podcast where we talk about all the awesome topics that are interesting to us and relevant to society and technology and our lives. And we just adore our listeners, our piffles, if you will. And we are looking forward to another great episode. But first, let me introduce myself, Stephanie, and my co-hosts, Ray and Luis. Hello, hello, dear lovely Piffles. This is Ray. Hi there, friends. In the last episode, we talked about lies. All the lies. Lies, lies, lies. But today, we will flip that, and we will continue the discussion, but this time, we really want to talk about truth. Truth is a big word. Well, actually, it's a small word, but it has a big impact. So, let's talk about truth. First of all, there's there are many ways we could go about this. You know, there is, you know, true things, like a true fact, maybe, something that is true. There are true friends. You could be true to the faith. You could tell the truth uh, versus, versus lies, of course. So the question really is, how, how would you define truth? I mean, is that too big of a question to answer in this podcast? Yes. For sure. <laughs> but we can try. Well, I guess I'll start with, in the philosophical world, they talk about truth a lot, and they kind of juxtapose truth and reality, mm-hmm. saying that they're, those are two separate things. And reality is kind of independent of observation. Something can be real whether we know it exists or not. It's just there it's real and that truth is almost a, a judgment of that reality so telling the truth would be kind of a, a, a the type of truth we'd be talking about saying there is an apple on the desk the reality is that there's an apple on the desk me saying a truth such as there is an apple on the desk quote unquote means that i am perceiving reality correctly in, in some way perhaps so the question is I feel like the well, question I, is like can you are we can talking we ever here? know truth cuz can we ever know true reality because true reality is beyond our comprehension potentially There you go. Yeah. Right? And we can try to comprehend it and we have very many tools to try to comprehend it physics, quantum physics, science, chemistry, religion. Uh there's lots of ways to try to get truth uh, history helps us sort of with truth, um, but at the end, we uh, currently we still don't know what absolute truth is. We, we people we, believe have beliefs, and they are very firm in their beliefs, and that causes their community to have a, a truth. And you know, it's not a lie if you believe it, right? Well, I would say that. <laughs> Well, though we may know. not all, we may never have all the factual information available to us. We, uh, and we have what is a subset of information available to us. We can still know that yes, our perceptions are what they are, but there is still a truth, even if we don't necessarily approximate it or perceive it. We can only get close to it. 
But then are you just we, saying that truth and reality are the same thing? Because what you're describing I, is how I, I would describe reality. Real, reality is there's something, this is how something is, d- despite perception. Is truth well, the same thing? Is isn't, that just just... A, isn't that just a combination of facts? Right, all the things that describe what is, whether it's yeah. the mm-hmm. uh, the elements that make it up, the experiences that it generates. So when truth you're is like the, the explanation total, of or the the information about reality, like the the way reality is actually expressed is in truth. Like truth yeah, is something you can actually of- believe. You can't believe reality. Reality is. So truth is is the belief or expression of reality. Is that how would you? I mean, that's a, that's that one a way good... you put it. I don't I don't have any big I, I, any any I mean, particular issues with that explain, explanation. Yeah, that I mean, we're right. sharing our our opinions here because I mean, the philosophers describe truth in in many different ways, and they tr- describe uh, truth as some say truth is a proposition, others say it is you know basically a, a fact, a reality. Um, but I guess for sake of how we're going to talk about truth, you know, it's this. It's this expression of reality. But as Ray points out, can we really ever know what the truth is about reality? Do we, or do we always approximate? I mean, there are axioms in science where a lot of scientific theories are built on axioms. You know, that there are certain things that cannot be proven. And so everything is proven given that these axioms are true. Yeah, you have to build based on something and right. the, the thing that you base it on has to just be, otherwise, how are you going to build it? So, I mean, it's the same thing with math, right? You have to assume that one equals one and that's just what it is. And I mean, you can create a long, complicated proof for it, but you, at the end of the day, you have to accept that that's true. Right. Well, you have to start with an axiom sometimes even to do a proof. You have to start somewhere, like you said, and build on it. So truth is, I mean, I, I find truth fascinating so one, because, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm thinking one thing about truth is oftentimes people believe in something because there's evidence to believe it. So evidence helps create a truth. You know, it's very hard to say something is true with no evidence. I, I, would, I would be wary of saying that it creates truth. I would say it's more that it validates or or yeah gives us a closer look at it um but even so again evidence is again just another set of um whether it's based on readings from an instrument like let's say we know that it's very likely that climate that climate change is real because we have readings from all these instruments and all this research that's been done by scientists that say look given our understanding of the situation climate change is very very likely to be real we have these models, they predict it. We have seen that these predictions are coming true. Uh, all the data shows it. It is extremely likely that this is the real thing that's happening. And you can deny that, but that is the closest we have come to a certain truth about it. I think another so we have problem to accept though, that. is that, you know, as you're describing, you know, looking at the data, that there's always an interpretation of data because data are just metrics. They're whatever, is captured from a measurement but it really doesn't mean anything it's just there it's the reality it's the it's the interpretation that really helps us understand that the data or whatever the reality might be 
And I think of, you know, examples where interpretations have been wrong just by thinking that that the data are showing something when they're really showing something else. Like one example, I think I've given this example before, there was an organization where they had a huge, on a holiday, they had a huge drop in Facebook followers. They lost 10,000 Facebook followers, uh, which was, you know, that's a lot of people. And so you could have thought, well, it's because of that holiday, because it happened on this one big holiday. And it wasn't a universal holiday. It was, a, it was like a special day for that organization. Uh, but it turned out that Facebook had gone and removed a ton of fake followers that day. That was the day they had chosen to remove fake followers. It was so, just a coincidence. Right? Yeah, it's a coincidence. And so you, could, you can always say, oh, well, the data will show the truth. But the problem is that all data have to, not the problem, <laughs> the opportunity or the challenge is that all data have to be interpreted before you get a truth out of them because data are just met like a, a measurement that exists. Yes. I mean, ultimately, you need to know how much proof you need to satisfy your own burden of proof, right? right. How much proof you need to feel that this is as close to the truth as we're going to get right now for me to be able to come to a conclusion. So, yeah, if uh, in the case of that company, it's if you don't want to look into the historical data and look at what Facebook's doing and invest the time and energy into doing the research to ascertain why it is that we lost followers this day, and you just take it at face value and you say, oh, we lost followers, therefore probably this thing, it's just because people don't like our holiday. You right. could just not put in the effort. But after you've accumulated enough evidence, at some point you have to say, this is enough evidence to satisfy me. And that's a decision that you have to come up to yourself. Whether or not you yourself will have knowledge of the truth, I mean, I don't think we ever will have full knowledge of like the universal truths that all of all of things. I mean, and there's truths that are just not worth the effort. Like, what, what do you mean is... not worth the effort? I mean, the truth will set you free. Yeah, but the, I mean, those truths are just Fine. the composition mm-hmm. of uh, it. Depending on who you are, this some truths may be more important to you. But for example, I personally don't really care all that much about the soil composition of Europa. It's just not that important to me. So I'm not going to be putting in a lot of, re- of effort to research what the soil composition of Europa is. It's well, not there, a truth that but matters. But there are some things that ha- never did matter and maybe weren't even measured because they didn't matter. And now all of a sudden they matter. Like, you know, smoking was thought to be really healthy back in the day. And then now all of a sudden, not all of a sudden. It's really healthy. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and they weren't taking data on things back in the day that maybe we wished we had recorded data on. Uh, because now we consider them important. So to what is important now may not be important in the future or vice versa. So that's a hard, that's example, a hard example. The example you give actually kind of reflects on itself, right? So people started caring about the effects of smoking because smoking was killing people. When a thing has an impact yeah. on you, the value of the truth around that subject immediately rises or rises over time, depending on you know the immediacy of the impact. But you become more invested in getting closer to a true answer. While it is a lot easier to dismiss information when it doesn't affect you, the moment it's affecting you or your loved ones or people in your vicinity or the world, in the case, for example, of climate change, it becomes a lot more important for you and, well, hopefully becomes a lot more important to you to get as close to the truth and to have as much evidence pointing to a truth 
as you can. Yeah, that I mean, well, in in that light, then let's resurface Ray's comment. We kind of quietly inserted it. The truth will set you free. So, Louise, if you think, you know, we look for truth, especially when there's an impact, there's an influence, there's something on the line. What do you guys think it means for the truth to, do you believe that the truth will set you free? Kind of uh, the opposite of ignorance is bliss. Rather, Mm -hmm. do you prefer, does truth have a value all of its own, even if it's Mm not um, a direct impact on you? I've always been someone who prefers to know to not knowing. But that's just that's me. I mean, that's not doesn't that's not always the case with everyone. Some people prefer not to know, especially if the truth is ugly and (laughs) will make you unhappy. Can the truth be ugly? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Are there aesthetics to truth? (laughs) There's well, uh, there's truths about aesthetics. I mean, you know, what's uh, interesting is I feel like it could set you free in the way that you're more aligned with reality if you know the truth. So that alignment in your mind generally will help you feel more free but it could also shackle you in a way so for example um Hmm. what do you mean people are happier when they focus more on the positive things in life right yeah but that doesn't mean you you don't know the truth you can focus on that's true you can absolutely yes absolutely it depends on how you kind of think about it but i remember reading about a study years ago and i'll have to look the link for the link for this up but i remember reading that on the whole, people experience more negative times with their children, just taking care of children because, you know, it's the, the day-to-day grind of raising a child is a lot of stress. It's a lot of difficult times. But when we think about what we value about having children, and as a non-parent, I may not be in the, in the right place for all this, but they found that people tended to focus very exclusively on mostly the positive times what they had with their kids. You know, that the, the, the wonderful moments that they had, uh, taking them to the playground, the first time playing ball with them. These are the things that stick in people's mind, not the negative moments. Even though on the whole, you could say, oh, the utilitarianism would dictate that children are more negative than a positive because of a point score system. That's not how we see it. Are you saying we they're see like... It- there are positive truths, there are painful truths, there are comforting truths, like there are classes of truth? Or I would say rather there are there are aspects of truth that we choose to focus on rather than the whole of it. So that's kind of the flip side of uh, the truth will set you free. But you'd because rather have truth. all of it. You're saying like I'd I want to see it. all the aspects of truth. Is- I mean yeah, you still have all of it. It's I not still- like we forget about the hard yeah. time. I don't think people forget about the hard time. They just don't. Just to focus it's not on important. Stuff. It's not important to focus on it. Yeah. Right. Bad stuff happens. That's just reality. I choose to focus no. on the good stuff no. because good stuff's way more worthwhile than the bad stuff. Well, it, it makes you feel better too in the present moment if you think about the good yeah. stuff. If you think about the bad stuff, it's going to make you feel a little bit down. Yeah, and especially if you try to chase only exclusively after the 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 good stuff, then the chase for the good stuff can also make you f- feel that you're missing that good that that good stuff that it's that you're missing the good experiences, and therefore you feel bad about it. So it is how you focus on the truth, not necessarily what the truth is, that affects your own personal happiness. And that kind of goes down to that question of, do you prefer to know or not know? I prefer to know, but I also choose to focus on 
the things that also bring me joy, even if I know that the truth of it. I wonder what our little, what our uh, our piffles, what kind of. I wonder what kind of truth that they chase. What kind of good stuff does our, do our piffles chase? Oh, I hope we get some comments on that. So, listeners, if you, if there are some some truth that you like to seek out, what is it? I mean, seeking truth in and of itself, I think, is so important. Being a seeker of truth. I attended university at Harvard, and the seal of Harvard is says veritas, which is truth in Latin. And so basically the motto of our undergrad experience was truth. Like truth was the most important part of everything we did academically, socially. It was just who, who we, how we saw ourselves. And so when you see your life through the lens of I, I'm always seeking out what is actually true, it gives a different light to what it means to be an intellectual. Because if you just see yourself as I want to get smarter, I want to be a smart person, intellectual, uh, you know, skilled, then you might just like read as much as you can and you know, whatever. But seeking out truth isn't necessarily just learning more. It's actually looking at all of the learning before you and, and weighing it and saying, what, what of this is true and what of this is is not not there yet and needs to be researched and uh, wrestled with until where can I use the scientific method or what how, what do I need to pray about or what however I seek out truth because it's like the difference between researching and reading right you can read a book and absorb everything a person the author is telling you but that's not seeking truth necessarily. Uh, same goes for how people read scripture. Some people just kind of read scripture right through the book to themselves, but others kind of read a passage, ask a question, how, what does that mean for my life? Try to find other passages that might shed light on that passage. Like there's this wrestling with knowledge that somehow the truth emerges. There's an essay, one of my favorite essays was written by John Erskine, who was an educator uh, who wrote The Moral Obligation to Be Intelligent. And I actually wrote a whole blog post <laughs> um, with this as the basis because I really love this essay. But John Erskine actually, he observes or he claims that seeking truth is actually like a, a moral obligation, that we owe it to ourselves and to society. It's something we must do is to seek truth so that's some heavy so stuff. kind of <laughs> so I, I if i'm getting this right it sounds like there is not just the personal satisfaction angle of i want to know the truth because it i prefer that i prefer that in my life or i prefer to avoid the truth because i would rather be happier not knowing things uh but there is a social element to it that you have a responsibility as a citizen of the world to be as informed as you can be. Right. Then that kind of brings me to the question of how much effort should you put in to meet that obligation, whether to yourself or to the world? And what areas should you be focusing on? How much, how much should you be doing to meet that duty? Should you just make sure that you read, you know, the newspaper every once in a while? Or are you... Should we, you be throwing, or rather, 
donating money to your nearest university so that they can uh, fund research into cancer, for example, or maybe not cancer, but um, or funding journalism or what are the th the steps that we should be taking as citizens or as individuals to come closer to the truth? Well, I think one step that we should all take is if we have identified something false that's not true and we are witnessing others who are believing it to be true, we have the obligation of sharing some information to ensure that that misinformation does not continue to propagate. I think that's something that we should be doing at the minimum. Um, and there really is no maximum because you can spend an eternity trying to understand truth and you'll never really get down to the final, the, the absolute universal truths. And so there's a spectrum there of how much time and it depends on the person's life and circumstances and resources that are available to him or her. But then that kind of brings the question of if someone else prefers to uh, avoid the truth, if someone else wants to be ignorant and doesn't or ignorance is a strong word, but I mean, it's still apt. Uh, if someone wishes to not know, do you still have that responsibility to proselytize at them and try to, uh, show, bring them to understanding. If they've expressed that they prefer not to know, I think it's hope for the best and hope that they're not the majority. Uh, <laughs> hope they're not in power. <laughs> hope they're not in power, which is actually hope. How much hope can you give? How much hope can you, can you, you know, take? Yeah, there's a level of faith in others in that point that uh, it's, it's hard to know. And you know, we all have a level of propriety that we want to make sure we're not stepping on other people's toes and insulting others or hurting other people's feelings. And we can all uh, tie ourselves to certain beliefs or certain ideas and tie our personal emotional well-being to them. So sometimes telling someone the truth could be extremely destructive to them. It can be extremely painful. There are these universal truths. We're seeking after truth. And then we come down to those truths that uh, impact even the interpersonal dealings of everyday life. I mean, there are these huge universal truths. And then there's just truth we tell each other. Does this dress make me look fat? And <laughs> uh, we're, we've gone from, you know, the global to the quotidian in uh, 30 seconds. So I think it's great to, to make those reaches uh, across all the attributes of truth. Let's go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we will delve deeper into the role of truth in our lives. Do you ever fear that you sleep too soundly? Do you ever worry that you should be worrying more? If you have been cursed with peaceful, restful sleep, then let us help. Our patented Truthify app will keep you wide awake as it teases you with truths about the nature of man, the meaning of existence. Do your parents love you? Are people laughing behind your back? Are you in a simulation? If you seek answers to these or many other questions, then download the Truthify app. Welcome back, Piffles. We had a wonderful commercial break, and 
in the meantime, uh, Ray was had brought up something really interesting. Ray, what were you thinking about when it comes down to truth? Well, I was just thinking how sometimes truth can be used or the perception of one's truth can be used in a dangerous or even violent way. Um, you know, some people are led to believe in certain truths in their life, uh, either from their um, just their general upbringing or their culture or their religion, and potentially could lead to harmful behavior um, to themselves or to other people in the name of their truth. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards the extreme extremist side here, but there are uh, religions where, um, for example, Islam, where people may be convinced that becoming a jihadist is a good thing and that it will bring them eternal life in heaven or something like that. So that is a truth that they believe. Well, I, I think you're conflating I, truth and belief, though. So maybe we need to talk about what i also would like to caution that it's not that islam itself is leading people to become jihadists it's yeah uh, yeah it's certain it's certain interpreting right right. it's it's just their upbringing it just yeah there's other things that go into it but you do bring up the point of if people are in their own search for truth because again we're talking about the difference between truth and belief right if in your search for truth you decide that the one of the steps you want to take to get closer to a truth is appealing to a certain belief or an upbringing that has results in you believing that the world is a certain way, that can absolutely lead you to taking steps that are dangerous to others or dangerous to yourself. They can be self-destructive. They can be socially harmful. Even, my, point even, is like, my point is like if someone tells you something is the truth, and you that in it. itself, and yeah. you believe it, mm-hmm. that in itself can be dangerous. I think we should always be questioning what people tell us is true but i don't well, think that's constantly. that's just religion i think that's like across no, the it's board not. in every of field course. i mean i know in science like people base a lot some of their papers on previous papers especially in marketing sure. i've uh, read marketing papers that are are basically set, quoting previous marketing papers as part of their evidence for their paper so then you have to think well but have you scoured the sources of that paper to know that whatever it was built on i mean some, sometimes you get down well, this, to a this ladder is of kind of getting back to the crisis of reproducibility that's been kind of happening with like the psychological sciences etc where um a lot of experiments that were done uh, a while ago they found in, pa- in a paper i think that came out in 2012 uh I'll, when they tried to reproduce many of these studies mm-hmm. they just didn't find the same result and people were just taking them at face value and that's actually been something that's been very positive for the sciences because it's led people to re-examine the way the assumptions they make when it comes to science but there's the difference right like with science because it's a self-improving process where yes you can it can make mistakes but the whole point of it is to question itself Science is, if one thing is it does, is to accept its mistakes. It does it always, it flubs it sometimes, and it can take a while for it to get around to it, but it's not as static as, say, a religion or a culture where those beliefs are kind of just the same way, stay the same for hundreds of years. And I, they, would, well, they evolve I would disagree. With the, with I, don't, I don't think that religion is as static as people make it out to be. I think, 
I mean, I'm sh- there could be religions that are very static that, that stay the same. I think that, I mean, there is a belief that, you know, God does not change. And so, you know, the commandments are the commandments. They have not changed. But there is this application to what does it mean for real life. I know at least in yeah. my faith, I follow prophets receiving ongoing revelation from God so that this, you know, the it's, the Bible didn't just stop and there was no more revelation from God, but that God continues to speak and reveal truth to mankind that's useful for them in their day and age. And so, you, you know, religion is not as static, I think, as as it may be perceived to be. That there is yes. this constant questioning and and searching and seeking for more and more truth to understand the mortal experience and 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 live better. Well, there's a there's a there's a fairly uh, basic difference between the way that uh, religion changes because religion does change. I agree. I think that the way people understand religion, the way that people express it, the way that they congregate and they celebrate, uh, all of that changes because society changes. Right, the way that we interact with ourselves in the outside world, we absorb uh, cultural artifacts from other places, and we integrate them into our lives. The same way that many holidays are built around the holidays of other religions. Right, that's it, we. Uh, there is a change to culture, but ultimately, science is a it questions its own validity, whereas religion is doesn't quite do that to the same degree, right? I, we have I'm to, still uh, disagreeing, though, and only because, I mean, I guess I guess part, part of what makes this uh, this podcast fun is that we disagree with each other. But um, I, I, well, I, do, I do agree that, that much about religion is, is to help us with our current lives. And so it, how we apply the scriptures will change. If, you know, we're using social media now and we weren't, back in the 1700s then yeah. perhaps you know we need that it, it, it will change with that but with personal revelation i mean at least uh in the christian faiths and i, I think in in many other faiths there's this idea of personal revelation of you can talk directly to god and get those answers and and many times it's it's a lot like the scientific method there's the scripture in the Book of Mormon in Alma 32, where it says, experiment upon the word. So it's basically saying, form a hypothesis, say, okay, I think it might be this way. I think that if I do this, I might be happier, let's say. Or if I mm-hmm. if I do this, I might be a better person. I'm going to try this, right? So you make your hypothesis, and then you experiment on it. You, you do it a certain way, and you see what the, if the hypothesis proves true. And so the scripture is literally asking you to take the scientific method with whatever you're learning in scripture and saying, well, take what it's saying, form a hypothesis and test it out. And, you know, it's not necessarily, you're not filling a beaker with liquid and you're not, you know, lighting something on fire and, you know, you're not doing, you know, the typical scientific things, but you are taking this approach of, I'm going to doubt and I'm going to question and I'm going to take something I'm told is true, even if it's scripture. And the scripture itself is saying, don't just take me at face value, try it out. See if it grows, see if a tree grows, see if thorns grow. And so people do actually approach faith in a very like truth seeking way. I think true believers don't follow like 
a blind faith. I think true believers actually accept that we should have doubts and questions and experiments because then we will truly understand what is right. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I was thinking about what Louise was saying, and is the way I understood it was that comparing science and religion, the dogmas of religion are not challenged, but the dogmas in science are occasionally challenged and changed. Well, so, you're saying like dogma. It's... I think there's a difference between dogma and doctrine. So do- okay. doctrine is like, this is written in scripture, this is how it is. And I think that is not going to change. God's word will not change. God does not change to, to most people um, when they're talking about this omniscient God. But dogma is like the culture and the practices of a religion, right? Like, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. the part that changes and the most. That, that yeah. does change the most. And I, I think that's what Luis is also saying is that those are the things about religion that do change with culture. Um, you know, maybe back in the day, a religion said, well, we have to wear these clothes. And then they said, okay, now, you know, it's more often likely that people dress in a certain way in this climate will change it because it doesn't, are, you know, affect our faith with God. It's there just are, part of the I dogma. Mean, there are, like, and again, I know this is kind of uh, going a bit on a tangent in terms of truth, but um, there are basic aspects of faith that you cannot question and still call yourself someone of that faith. For example, if you're a Christian and you do not believe that Jesus Christ came back after three days or however many days, mm-hmm. um, you're not really a Christian at that point, right? right? right. It's hard I to call yourself one. I totally You have to accept that saying. that is a reality yeah. of the universe there to are you. parts of, that, of religions that are just not going to change because that is the... Yeah. That's the definition the core of, of that religion. That. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the the thing that, while science definitely, yes, there are now understandings that we have for that kind of say like, well, if you don't believe in evolution, you're not really up to date with what science says. Well, science that's is very, after, well, even, period, much even like evolution that. has, evolution, it, the way we understand not, it, yeah, it's, it's, still, it's it not still the final our, explanation. It's not the yeah. final explanation either. Our understanding either. of it's it our has current changed. explanation. Yeah, but our understanding of it has changed significantly since it. We first theorized about it, and sure. uh, then it became, oh well, we have enough a body of evidence that says, okay, this is clearly what happened. But all the details of how the process works weren't fully fleshed out, and we're still learning things about how it affects the world today and how it's kind of come over time and the way that different species have evolved. Our understanding of it continues to be fleshed out to this day. But our understanding of Jesus Christ came out, came came back from the dead after three days, that isn't going anywhere. I mean, you can talk more I, I, about the yeah, people I who were there place. and all that, but mm-hmm. that's but the perception yeah. is yeah. for many Christians, the perception is that is truth. Yeah, right. So that's and why that's, it's kind of an interesting. It gets solidified once it's marked as this that, is true. It gets kind of solidified in that. And that kind of brings category. me to the question of how much are you willing. To how, what is the value of truth to you and what is the truth of value to you? So what is it about um, that understanding of the universe that you want to derive value from, right? Mm-hmm. If having that belief that Jesus Christ came back after three days allows you to feel a sense of connection to the universe and uh, feel a, a place and a sense of community and all these other things, and it comes with a level of uh positive emotions that are associated with it, you're going to be much less likely to want to challenge those that understanding because 
well, you have value. There's value to, for you to believe that that is the truth. Meanwhile, in science, or at least in you know our understanding of our current understanding of the scientific universe, there is an incentive to continue to challenge it. And although if you're the scientist that came up with a theory, you maybe don't want to challenge it because you got a big name because of it. <laughs> the community yeah. on its own eventually over time corrects for that stat, stat, static nature. Yeah, but you've humanity. only accounted for two motivations. I mean, there are people who do believe something in religion and don't understand it and may even see it as a negative thing for now. And, you know, they're, they still hold it as a truth. They're just trying to understand it better. And there are also people in the scientific community that, that would believe something because it makes them feel better rather than, you know, seeking for a different way. I mean that the motivations can go either way, but yeah, I, think I mean, it's not a judgment. for me, you've brought up, I, yeah, it's definitely not a judgment. But I think you brought up a question in my mind, which is truth being uncomfortable. What? How do we deal with, tr- you know, you mentioned there, there are some truths that may even, once we find them out, make us feel more comforted about the universe and a better connection with the universe, for example. What about those truths that are like super uncomfortable or super awkward or, or devastating? You know, I, I think of when like the DNA analyses started becoming mm, yeah. a thing and you find out your ancestry. And I've actually talked to people who have discovered that their dad was not their dad or that their grandmother wasn't their grandmother or whatever, you know, these, these family I, well, dynamics. And it's, it actually says when you do, I, so I did a DNA test and it tells you before you get your results, it has a disclaimer that says like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you, it might have like we are not responsible for the emotional impact <laughs> of finding out that like you're not related to who you're related to, basically. Oh, my favorite, my favorite are the ones where uh, white supremacists find out that they are actually part black. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a uh, good example. That, that became a lot more common since uh, 23 and Me came out, and it just brings me infinite joy. You know what's interesting? I thought of this, uh, Stephanie. I interviewed George Church on my podcast, Health Fun Chain. Um, not a shameless plug, but the point is he has another course, company. podcast, Health Unchained. <laughs> the uh, other company he has, it's called Veritas Genomics or something to that effect. And Veritas means truth. Means truth. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Did they, were there like, Harvard people that founded it? Yep, they were. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, Actually, you're seeking wasn't. out truth. I mean, when you, the, when you get data about your your own genetic makeup you're finding truth about yourself which kind of maybe the last part of this podcast let's let's discuss truths about ourselves so we've discussed universal truth telling the truth finding out the truth seeking the truth what is it about finding about the truth about ourselves you know, you'd think that if you are yourself and you've been yourself your whole life, hopefully, <laughs> no, like <laughs> transplanting brains or anything. No, uh, being right? Joe Malkovich situations happening. <laughs> yeah. There. You would think that you know yourself pretty well. So why is it that people still seek to know themselves, know the know their true selves better? What is what is that all about? Isn't our true self constantly evolving? Like, what is our true self? This is true. We I don't... mean, do never set foot on the same river twice, as they say. Right. 
there's a whole Theseus' ship uh, argument about, you know, our own personalities and who we are and how we change over time and our understandings of ourselves being defined by time to a degree. But, uh, but obviously, the value of introspection is incredible, right? You need to understand why you do things. Otherwise, yeah. you don't understand your own basic motivations. And that requires mm. taking the time to invest in understanding that truth. And again, it comes back to the value of knowing the truth. How much do you value having that truth? It may be that you don't like yourself and you want to avoid finding out more about you. <laughs> Hopefully that's not mm. the case. Hopefully you yeah. I mean, there's find people out who have more that. and like it's it. A complex. You know? And if you have that situation, I really recommend that you go see someone. Talk to your talk to your friends, family, and a professional, especially a professional about that. Because, you know, you should like yourself. And well, think, if you're yeah. afraid of yourself, then that's something you need to address. Well, what interests me... Agreed. You know, I, I do agree. I think avoiding figuring out our own self is is a problem what's i find interesting about this topic is that it's kind of like we are we have these reactions and these uh you know we have this self that does things and sometimes we don't understand our own it's like you have to learn like when you find out oh when i'm hungry i actually that's why i'm I'm snapping at people or something. You start to find yeah. out it's, you know, you've always been snapping at people, but you have to really in, introspect. You have to be introspective. You have to be introspective, look inside, maybe even look at the data, you know, do go scientific on it and figure out, oh, I think that I act this way because I'm not eating enough protein i'm eating all this sugar and i'm having a sugar crash or whatever it is it's funny how we we really do have a lot we have to learn about ourselves just because you're you doesn't mean you understand you which i yeah. i think is completely fascinating and and there's an an element of also how much introspection may be too much is that possible can you mm. read too much into yourself can you attribute false characteristics to yourself based on Overreading? Can you assume that you are worse than you are if you are like if you are, for example, a person who is more inclined to be and to see things in a negative light? Can you attribute more malice to yourself than is actually true? I think the truth is when you look actually outside of yourself, away from yourself. When you let go of yourself, that's when you find truth. Can you explain more about that? So, like, if you're meditating, for example, and you kind of rid yourself of your own ego and you're just exploring mind space without yourself, um, at that point you feel pretty free and limitless. Uh, I'm thinking about how monks live their life. You know, they're not really, I don't think they're being introspective. I think they're being extrospective, maybe. <laughs> I think you invented a new term. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, this is yeah. a gr this is actually a great callback to our episode sixty prayer and meditation. Listen to it now. We talk <laughs> about how right prayer now. and meditation <laughs> do have positive effects or positive impact on your own self value, and especially meditation and uh, you're having this time to either clear your mind or have a level of mindfulness. It can have a really big impact on your own ability to love yourself and experience the world in a more positive way but as always 
if you are struggling, if you are having any trouble with accepting yourself as you are, and you find that you can't change or you can't uh, accept yourself, talk to a professional. That's absolutely the, the thing you should do. I really love this episode because we really have gone from the macro level all the way down to the most personal. And, you know, truth really, it's connected to many of, of the different topics we've talked about, just a, among the three of us and our guests. And we have really sought truth, the three of us, as we've kind of delved into topics and researched them and and we have three very, three very different perspectives and that's what we've liked about you know this is kind of our uh we're we're recording this at the end of end of the year and uh we are thinking back on you know we we really have enjoyed talking from those different perspectives disagreeing with each other and and you know I like to use the word wrestle because we're wrestling it out, you know, uh, not physically, <laughs> but we, no, I'm, I'm oiled up right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Ready me, too. To go. But it's, me and Luis are going baby. at it. Yeah, exactly. But it's the idea of, uh, of pluralism in the sense that if you have many different ideas and different perspectives, you're more able to come to truth than if you're in a, a, a homogenous set of, of perspectives. And so I've really appreciated, uh, podcasting with you too. And I'm glad we're uh, wrapping up this episode with such a an interesting introspective ending. Um, and so I yeah, want to thank. I hope I hope, mm-hmm. I hope people listening to this uh, feel like they're getting closer to their truths yeah. by listening to us. So thank you to our listeners for being with us for so many episodes. Those of you who have been so loyal, our piffles. We really love the comments and. Love seeing uh, what you're engaging with and the topics that you like and suggest. And we're going to continue doing what we're doing uh, and getting better. So please uh, visit pflpodcast.com where you can see our episode notes and listen to our most recent episodes. But also follow us on Facebook. uh, Find us on Twitter at The PFL Podcast. And just engage with us because we always love to talk with our listeners and get suggestions and feedback and have fun. And as always, stay crazy.